um, is life as we know it. And life as we know it, it's, it's constantly changing, isn't it? It's like we think we, we know it, but then in a year, what we know is completely different than what we knew before, right? Has anybody been in those processes in your life and you're just like, man, I just know what I'm doing right now. And then the older you get, the more you realize, I don't know anything now. And I have more knowledge now than I did then. Um, it's, it's constantly changing. It's like when we're born, we're just so full of just dependence on our parents. And then we become toddlers and children and we're just these balls of unexhaustible energy and excitement and everything's either extremely great or extremely awful there is no in between nothing is okay Uh, either they really really love it or they really really hate it and so we're full of that and then somewhere along in our teenage years we forget how to think and we forget how to um, talk with people and we forget how to process things the right way and we kind of throw all that out the window, even though as teenagers we feel like we know everything, right? Is that true? Does anybody here have teenagers? You know what I'm talking about. I work with teens on a daily basis. Every teenager knows everything that could ever happen. You, you put them in the, the cabinet for the United States government and they will have world hunger solved. They will have poverty eradicated. They don't know how they're going to pay for it. They don't know anything about logistics, but I tell you what, they will get it done because they know what they're talking about. And then in young adulthood, we kind of get a real dose of what the world is actually like, not what we think it's like. And then we begin to expand our families and we get married and we begin having children and um, we're going to college and we're working and we're trying to take care of everything. We're trying to learn the balances and what we thought just a couple of years before it, it changes. And then we get into middle adulthood. And then as we continue to progress, we work hard to try to provide for our families and we try to make sure that we're investing in the important things into their lives. And then hopefully one day, if, if we do it right, uh, then, then we'll get to retire. We'll get to enjoy the fruits of our labor over all the years of work, over the investment that we make in our children. We'll get to enjoy those, those grandkids that we'll get to spoil one day. And it's an amazing thought and it's an amazing dream to um, aspire to work towards. But life, as we know, it, it's constantly changing, or it should. If your life isn't constantly evolving in how you perceive the world and how you perceive things, then, then sometimes maybe you need to take a step back and you say, am I really of absorbing what I need to be absorbing? Am I really learning the things that I really need to be learning? Um, Because each step along the way, each little step of life prepares us for the next step that God has prepared for us. Um, And and, and it should. And that's just the way God makes things to work out. So I've thought about this life as, as we know it. And I, and I kind of think about it like this is life as we know it is really limited to life as I know it. Life as I know it at this time, life as I know it in this moment, in this location, um, at this reference point in, in my life, life as I know it. And until we begin to really expound and grow, it's always going to be limited to that. And I've, I've really tried to catch myself the older I get, the more mature I'm trying to really grow and expand, uh, expound my brain and my concepts. Um, but not everybody doesn't know life the same way that I do. Not everybody went through the same things that I did. Not everybody's built or wired the same way. They don't think the same way. They don't act the same way. They don't react the same way. Their priorities aren't the same. And so life as we know it, it's, it gets a little more complicated because it's life as we know it is a bunch of life as I know it. And so there's not always just that exact 
black and white answer for everybody. That's just a rule book, a cookie cutter kind of thing. It's not. But it should always be growing. Our views on society, our views on family, our views on careers, all of these things should continue to adapt and to grow. And I'm thankful, I don't know about the other adults in here, but I'm thankful I didn't process like I did when I was 18, 19 years old, because everything would have just been like for fun, and I would not have any money to pay the bills or or anything like that, and everything would have been about me. And some of the greatest joys in my life now have, have been my family, which is not at all about me, you know, and that's, that's awesome. But there's a guy in the Bible that he really goes through a lot of transformations, and life as he knew it really was constantly on the change, you know, and he started out at one place and ended up in a completely different, you just would have never imagined that God would have had him be in that position in his life, and he had to overcome a lot of obstacles, he had to face years of scrutiny, he had to adapt and transform, and God saw fit for him to be elevated, and he's one of my favorite people in the Bible, and it's Joseph. Joseph is like one of my favorite characters, and because I, I can gain so much knowledge from him because it's a very practical thing. My brain is wired for like practical stuff, like stuff that I can take and use on a daily basis. And those are the kind of things that, that God really speaks to me with. And so as we read the story of Joseph, and it's chronicled in Genesis, um, and it's really through 37 through the rest of Genesis. So um, there's going to be a lot of things we're going to talk about this morning, and I'm not going to sit here and read 13 chapters of the Bible to you guys because I will lose you pretty quick. Um, so we're going to do like a lot of just abbreviations. And, um, but it's chronicled in Genesis. If you want to go back and read the full story of it later, I encourage you to do so. Um, but we see that Joseph has different points in his life and how God changes him along every point. And I want us to take a look at some of these main stages of how it changed life as Joseph knew it. Joseph, as a teen, you got to understand, he had the life. This guy was the man. Like, he was the favorite son. Um, he was Israel or Jacob's favorite son from his favorite wife. Uh, his dad was well-to-do. He was rich. He had a lot of influence in the area. He was the baby of the group. So, you, you know, you look at this, this teen. He was 17 um, in chapter 37. He was probably spoiled. And his dad would give him things that, uh, like the coat of many colors, that he wouldn't give the rest of his brothers. And there was just a lot of things that he got that his brothers really probably didn't appreciate. And him being the run of the group, um, he probably gave them a bad taste in, in their mouth. But, but he had a good life. For him, things probably went the way that he wanted them to. Things were probably looking pretty good for him until he had this dream. What kind of two dreams? He had two dreams. And in these dreams, they were interpreted that his brothers would bow down to him. And his brothers not would worship him, but they would just bow down to him. And really, if you have an older brother or a little brother, that's every little brother's dream. It's for their older brother or sister to bow down to them. And so imagine this runt teenager telling all his older brothers, you're going to bow down to me. I don't care. You're 50 years old. You're going to bow down to me, brother. And, and so here he is, and he begins to share this dream with his family and those closest to him. And it wound up really backfiring on him big time because his brothers wound up um, beating him up and selling him into slavery. And then they covered him up and, and went back and told uh, Jacob that, that he had been murdered. And it was, just, it was crazy, um, the things that they went through to get rid of him and, and their scheming. 
But Joseph had a, a point right there and had a decision to make whether he was going to try to learn from this or whether he was going to allow that to defeat him and let that mentality be there with him for the rest of his life. And the first thing I want us to learn about life as Joseph knew it, life as we know it, if we will get this, this, these concepts today, it will help change and mold our, our mindset. But the first thing is this, we will hurt. We will hurt. You're going to go through hurts. You're going to go through pains. And this is not a negative point at all. It's, it's, it's actually positive because there's a lot of great that comes from that. We'll talk about that at the end. But in John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, that I have told you these things so that you may have peace in me. This is Jesus speaking here. In the world, you will have trouble. Jesus is saying, you're going to have trouble. But the next thing he says, but take heart. But take heart. It says, I have overcome the world. And that is an amazing thing. It doesn't mean that because you're going to have trouble that you close off the world. It doesn't mean just because you're going to go through hurt that you can't allow yourself to be susceptible to pain. Because you have to. Man, what kind of life would life be if we never opened up ourselves? If we were never vulnerable with people? Man, it would just be a distant, lonely life. And I've seen so many people that are afraid of getting hurt one more time, and they close themselves off. And that's not really a life. But what we, we can take this point, and if we know, like if you're prepared ahead of time knowing that something's going to come up, like if there's a hurricane that is about to come and devastate Jacksonville, you're going to go out, you're going to board up your windows, you're going to prepare, you're going to make sure that you're taken care of. And if we know, if Jesus is saying, you will have trouble, if we know ahead of time, we can prepare. And that's what Jesus wants you to know. You will be okay. It's going to come. Don't worry about that. It's going to come. But take heart. Be encouraged. Because I've already overcome the world. And if I've overcome the world and I live in you, then we'll overcome this together. You can overcome the world. We're going to hurt, but in those hurts, it either changes our mind to where it focuses more on God or it's going to make us bitter and cold and angry. And the world is already full of so many bitter, cold, angry people. And I'm going to say this is the world's full of a lot of bitter, cold, angry Christians. A lot of people just look and point the blame at somebody or something in their life that went wrong. And instead of doing that, if we will look and we will embrace it, Knowing bad things come, but that Jesus has already beaten it. I mean, that's just icing on the cake. It's like, I'll take it. It's like it's a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. That's it. That's pretty sweet to me. Knowing that, that all right, I'm going to have problems, but I don't have to do this alone. But where we come into problems and conflicts with, with that and with our flesh is that we tend to want to depend more on man to solve our problems, or we want to depend more on ourselves to solve our problems, or we want to depend more on our checkbook to solve our problems, or we want to depend more on our skills or our abilities uh, to do these things instead of trusting in God. But Psalm 18 says this, it says that it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. To take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. Is this saying that I can't trust anybody here? No, it's not saying that. Like I said before, if you, if you don't trust anybody, you don't open yourself up to anybody, you're isolating yourself. That's going to be a dark, terrible world. But it's saying here, take refuge, take safety. A place of refuge is like something that's like unpenetrable. 
something that won't be torn down, some safe place. If we put our safe place only in people, you're going to be let down. But if we put that trust in God, we won't be let down. We have to put our trust in God. And it says it's better. It doesn't even say it's wrong to put trust in humans. It says it's better to put our refuge in the Lord than in humans. When we get this concept, man, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. It changes us. It changes our mentality. And I I wish we did live in a little bit more positive society. And I've I've been trying to really work on my mind and thinking more positive because I think naturally sometimes I'm a little bit of a pessimist. Um, And so, I mean, I I use that excuse, well, I'm just trying to solve problems from a different standpoint kind of thing and try to excuse it. But sometimes I'm just, I'm like, uh. So I'm trying to work on that in my life as well. Um, But I want to tell you this too. Not everybody wants to see our dreams come true in our life. And especially when those dreams that God has put in you that are meant to elevate you and meant to, to bring you to a new level, some people don't want to see those happen because their dreams in their life, they're not coming true. And what they wanted for themselves isn't happening. And so when they can't meet their dreams, they want to tear everybody else down. And that brings a whole new level of hurt. But if we will look at them as Jesus does, and we'll look at them the way that this talks about. Man, we we can have this quiet confidence and trust in knowing who God is and knowing that God will be there with us the entire time. It doesn't matter what we face. It doesn't matter what hurt we go through. Um, It's probably been um, eight or nine years ago, my mom was diagnosed with with cancer, and she was... um, having a hard time with it in the beginning and she eventually succumbed to it and she she passed a couple years ago but when she was first diagnosed she was having a hard time at work and so they actually hired me to come work with her to help her on her job and it was in a and as a bookkeeper in office and there was a period of time where she was out for about two months and I'm sitting here trying to she's been doing this job for 20 years and I'm here for a month and a half and I'm trying to do everything she did and the boss called me into her office and she says, Jeremy, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm okay. You know, at this time, my mom, you know, she was still in the hospital, but, you know, I knew there was things I had to do. Um, and she's like, are, are you okay? And I said, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'm, you know, worried for my mom, but I, I trust and I believe that God is going to take care of the situation the way that he wants to. And the lady, she was not a Christian, and she looked at me and she said, Jeremy, you really believe that, don't you? I said, yeah. I said, I, I have to. And she just looked at me, and she's like, you believe that? And in that time, when we're hurting, and in that times when we're going through pain and things, we can always have that quiet confidence and knowing and still be a light if we have our eyes fixed on the right thing, if we put our trust in the right places. And the silver lining is this, is is that pain brings growth. Pain brings strength. I mean, when you're working out, I don't really like working out. I do it, but I don't like it. And sometimes it hurts. And sometimes you're sore for a couple of days. And sometimes you wish, I would have never not done this. (laughs) But that pain makes you a little bit stronger. Makes you a little bit healthier. Makes you a little bit better. And when we go through these times, that's, that's the silver linings that we can grow through those pains. Pain isn't bad. Hurt isn't always bad. 
But how we approach those things, how we process those things will determine more about us than what happens to us. I think there's a statistic that life is like 90% um, of how you react and only 10% of what actually happens to you. So our life is more dependent on how we react and how we deal with the hand that's been given to us as opposed to what has actually been given to us. And one of the craziest things that I see in Joseph's life from reading in the scriptures is from this spoiled teenage boy until this, this man that gets promoted up um, to be over Israel or um, over Egypt um, is this, and it's the next to last thing that he is recorded speaking, and he says this to his brothers. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is being done, the saving of many lives. And if we can say, all right, God, through this pain, what, what are you wanting to teach me? God, through this pain, um, what, are, what, what can I do that can continue to save lives? What are you wanting to do that's good in me through this? What are you wanting to do in me through this? When we turn our hearts to God during the hurts of our lives, it helps us to see the bigger picture, and it helps us to change life as we know it. Because then the next time something comes up, you're not kind of fumbling all over yourself. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? You're like, okay, I've been through this before. It might not look exactly the same. It might not be the exact same way. But if God brought me through that, he will bring me through this. And that will change the way we go through certain things in our life. Which kind of brings me to the next point. And the second point, the thing that I want us to learn from Joseph's life is this. Grow in the process. Grow in the process. Sometimes I hate the process. I despise it. I don't like working out. I don't like running. It's not fun. Going to college wasn't my favorite thing to do. It wasn't on my checklist of have a happy life kind of thing to do. Sometimes I don't like the process. I don't like it. But I'm glad when the process is over and I see the end result. This past week and a half, my salvation was checked multiple times. We got flooded out a couple weeks ago, and we were laying new flooring in. I was having to put the baseboards back in and after we laid all the flooring and everything. And I am not a handyman by any stretch. Um, of the imagination, and I know just enough to get something done, but not enough to do it well, and so I'm like in there, and I'm trying to get it done, and I'm having to pull the baseboards off, and put them back on, pull them off, and put them back on, and then it's still, there's like a gap like this, and I'm like, for real? What's going on? So you do what every man does. He fixes it, but I hit it a couple more times with a hammer than I probably needed to, but I got it in there, and we just put the bed in front of it, so nobody will ever see that. (laughs) But to look back and to see that that project was done, I mean, I was, I was upset. I was just, I hate doing things like that. But I'm also a little stubborn. I'm not going to ask somebody to help me. And, but I'm glad that it's done. And now I know how to do that. Now that's on my repertoire of hammering stuff to the wall. I can do that now. But there is a lot of learning and growth that can come during the process. And I'm, I'm at the point where I'm trying to, to say, all right, God, in the middle of these processes, in the middle of all the things going on, show me how to grow. Show me how to grow. Because a lot of times we look at it afterwards, and we can see after everything's done. 
We can look back and say, okay, that's what it was. But if we can learn to grow in the process and learn to appreciate the process, man, it, it's crazy. And I'm learning that during the process, God really teaches us so much stuff. Like when I was in high school and I worked as, in fast food and I had to run a cash register, it taught me how to handle money quick. Um, it taught me how to do math quick and things like that that I needed to be able to do because we had an old register that didn't tell us to change. Um, and then I worked as a bookkeeper, and I worked for the city at one point in my life, and I had to learn how to work hard with all that. And as a bookkeeper, I learned how to do accounts receivable and accounts payable and how to balance uh, like corporate checkbooks. And I learned all of these kind of things. And then I went to nursing school, and I learned um, how to organize my time and priorities. And then I worked as a nurse and learned about multitasking, all these different things I learned about. And, and though they might have been enjoyable at the time or, you know, they weren't like a, a complete pain, I was like, this isn't really my life's calling. This isn't really what I want to do. I'm just going to kind of do this until God opens that door in my life. And now I look back and I'm like, you know what? God's using that, those bookkeeping skills to help me balance Every fundraiser that, that we do at the church, to balance budgets for the church, to um, how to organize meetings and how to, to keep all of my stuff um, in order, how to multitask, how to decide what's important and what's not important, and where to put my energy and where not to, where to pull back from. Um, and yes, sometimes when we have fundraisers and stuff, and I got to go wash dishes in the kitchen, that all that comes back into play too. So it's like all of these things and the processes God was wanting me to learn, and I, I thought they were silly, and I thought that it was just kind of dumb, and I thought they were unimportant. But now I look back, and I am a picture of, like, everything accumulative in my life has got me to this point, and it's helping my position now. Everything in your life is accumulative. It's going to continue to build like building blocks. And you might not think it's important now, you might hate the process now, but one day when God has you where he wants you to be, it's going to be important. God might be trying to teach you a task or a skill that you're going to be using on a daily basis that you wouldn't have thought about before. And when that time comes, you're going to be appreciative at that time. Sometimes when you're doing this, not the best. But this same process is the exact thing that Joseph went through. Joseph learned how to be a shepherd. He learned how to look after his sheep when he was a young boy. Then he got sold into slavery and worked for a man named Potiphar. And he was elevated to the highest slave. He, it says that Potiphar put Joseph in charge of everything because he knew that when Joseph was in charge of it, everything was prosperous. And then Joseph got wrongfully accused, got sent to prison. And he went to prison, and then he got elevated there. He worked his way up to where he was the highest prisoner in that prison. He was second only to the warden at that point. Everywhere he went, he began learning a specific set of skills, and, and God began to teach him and develop him leadership. And it started watching after sheep. Then, on a, on a little bit bigger scale, as not a slave owner, but he was in charge of all those that were slaves. He ran them. He was a manager on a small level. Then he got to be a little bit bigger level at the prison, and then God elevated him once more to a different one. 
Everything in our lives is, is accumulative, and it all comes in useful later. Joseph wouldn't have been prepared to lead a country, and, and much less the leading top country in the world at this time. Egypt was the number one country, uh, military, um, economically. They were the cream of the crop at this time. And Joseph was promoted to be the second in charge of all of it. It's because he was growing from the earlier processes. We're constantly being challenged and tested on what we know. And it almost seems like the more we know, the more we get tested. But in this process, and in the process of the test, in the process of the things that we're going through, we need to begin to count it a blessing instead of a curse, even when it's something that we don't think. Um, is important or something valuable to us or something that is life-changing because it might be. And each time there's an opportunity to complain or be down and out, there is an equal opportunity to look for personal growth and there's an equal opportunity to be positive. Because there's a lot of growing that comes in these times. And that's a great way that we can learn. We can look to to Joseph and and he could have said, you know what, no, I'm I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to serve my time and I'm going to be done or I'm going to sit here until I die and it's over. That's not what he did. He continued to grow in that process. And the third thing is this, is that when God presents the opportunity, step through the door. Step through the doors that that God opens for you. It's tough. It's scary. Stepping out on faith, man, it's It's not easy. That whole walking by faith and not by sight thing, I'm just like, wow, that's tough. If I would have decided to stay in Georgia and not move to Florida and not open up myself to this opportunity of where I am now, I didn't know a soul didn't exactly know how much I was going to be making, didn't have a house to live in, but God said, go. And because I obeyed God, because God opened that door, I was able to, to find a, a job that I love and I'm passionate about and fall in love with the people at that church and fall in love with the community and fall in love with my wife. And now to have a baby, some of the biggest blessings in my life I would have missed out on because I wouldn't have walked through that door. And when God opens those doors in our life, they don't always stay open forever. Joseph had no idea when the door was open for him to be able to interpret the Pharaoh's dream. He had no idea if the Pharaoh would hug him or hang him. He didn't know if he was going to love him or leave him. He had no idea. But he stepped through the door and he had a trust and a faith and a dependence on God that if God opened this, if God did this, then God's going to take care of this. In our life, if we will learn to step through the doors that God opens, not the ones that we have to barrel down, that's where we get in a lot of trouble. It's trying to force doors open ourselves. But when God opens those doors, God wants us to be faithful. When we begin stepping through those doors, it changes life as we know it because each time that there is another requirement for us to step out in faith, just like before we said, when, with the pain, I've already been through that. I've done that. And I can trust God. And our dependence on God just gets more and more and more. But Joseph could have 
decided to settle and be like, you know what? Hey, I've been through enough hurt. I've done enough growing in my life. I'm just going to stay right here in this prison. I'm happy with my position. The warden's happy with me. I'm in charge. I'm just going to stay here. But many lives would not have been saved. Many countries, not just Egypt, many countries would have suffered great harm and great loss had not Joseph stepped through that door. God wants to see us prosper. This is not a God wants us all to be millionaires kind of thing because that's not it. God wants to see you grow in the Lord. That's what he really wants you to do to be prosperous. He wants your prayer life to be prosperous. He wants your family to be prosperous. He wants you to have that joy that comes from him. But if we cower away and we're all paralyzed in fear and we worry and we never see, we will never see those dreams that God has put inside of us. And life as we know it will continue to be life as we know it now. It won't transform. It won't change. It'll always stay the same. I want to encourage you this morning that life as we know it has to change. And I'm not saying you're constantly taking 180 degree turns and going back because you're just going to eventually wind up going back the way you were. But I'm saying it needs to grow. I'm saying the way that you thought at 16 can't be the same way that you think at 30. In all of life's experiences and all things that God allows you to go through, when we start saying, all right, maybe God allowed me to go through that to teach me a lesson. And when we quit comparing our life and what we know and what we think we know about life to what everybody else does, man, we, we have to work out our own salvation. We have to work out our own lives and our own families. We have to take care of them. But by knowing that we're going to hurt, we're going to go through pain. By knowing that, it'll help change life as we know it. By growing in the process, learning and looking for opportunities that while we're going through whatever it is in our life, because you will never stop going through processes in your life. You'll never stop. Grow in the process. It'll change life as you know it. Stepping through those doors, having that faith, whether it's just reaching out to that coworker that's next to you, whether it's asking that cute girl out or that cute boy, whether it's picking up that phone and calling that loved one that you have a rift with to make amends, what are they going to think about me? Have that faith and step out, and life as we know it will change. We will grow. God will bring great things into our life. Now, this time I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me. And we're about to, to have communion, and we're going to have a couple of people at these crosses. And I want to give you guys opportunity as as we come forward today in just a moment to 
partake of communion. But if you have something that God has been dealing with your heart on this morning, maybe just a part of the process that you're in that you don't really enjoy or you need God's help or God's strength from, maybe you're hurting or maybe you're a little scared to have that faith to step out, I encourage you. As we take communion and you eat of the bread and you drink of the wine and the, the body and the blood of Christ today. And as it literally goes, and you remember that scripture that we read from John 16, 33. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Whatever you're going through, Jesus is saying, I have already overcome it. And that with me, you can too. God, we just come to you today, and God, I'm so thankful for your word. God, I'm so thankful for the story and the life of Joseph, God, and that you saw fit for it to be authored and it to be taught to us. God, I I thank you for the things and the life lessons that we can learn from him. And God, I pray that from today, we'll learn that even though we hurt, that there's a silver line and there's growth that comes from it. And God, that we can prepare ourselves, but God, knowing that we will have trouble, but knowing that you've already overcome the world is so encouraging. It's so life-giving, God. God, I pray that whatever part of life, whatever step of life that we're in right now, God, that we can grow in it. God, that we'll look for opportunities. God, what are you wanting to teach me at this season in my life? What is it that you want to develop? What can I see now and help grow that might even change the situation now as opposed to when it's been removed from me for a year, two years, three years? But God, what what can I learn now? How can I grow now? And God, I pray, help us to have the faith to step out and trust in you. God, when you open up those doors, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of willpower. God, let us put our, our faith and our trust in you. And when we do all these things, God, it's going to help shape and mold us. It's going to change the way that we view life. It's going to change the way we think about things, the way we anticipate and perceive different situations. And God, through it all, we would give you glory and honor. And God, if there's anyone here today, God, that would need a touch from you, God, I pray that you would meet them in their need. In your name we pray, God. Amen.